0: Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle,
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: And welcome to a casual episode of Permanent Good, an episode where Alex and I walk in and we have as little prepared as possible. We walk in and we just say, let's just hang out for a little bit and see if that's good enough content to qualify as an episode of the podcast usually it's not but we make it work anyway so um this episode more than most it's just gonna be cool cash hangout vibes um no no structured segments we're just we're here we're here to hang out
1: yeah do you think here's the thing do you think people like it more i've gotten zero feedback Actually, that's not true. I've had people jump into an episode, and this is, and they only list they jumped in just per happen chance, per happenstance. Don't know it's supposed to be. Um, just happened on a casual episode. You
0: combined two things. It's by happenstance and per chance.
1: Per happenstance by per chance, they hopped in. Never listened to an episode before on a casual app. So, and I heard. I mean, they listen to other episodes, so it's not turning people off.
0: Yeah, Um, because the last time, I don't know if it was the last time we did it, but like the biggest time it made a splash was when we did it with Top Gun and Top Gun as well. Top Gun. So I think that had something to do with it. Let's move on to our movie segment. We're still going to give you a time code to skip to the next part of the conversation where we move away from the movie. Um, But if you don't want to hear us talk about it, you can skip to this time code. Wait, I didn't even say what movie it was. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, I need to slow down.
1: We need a little bit Alex, of structure.
0: What are we watching this week?
1: This week we're watching the classic. The James Jean Original.
0: His name is James Dean, but okay.
1: James Jonathan Jean. Okay. James Deanathan. Classic. Rebel without a cause. It's uh for our decades month. This is the nineteen fifties. I mean, if you don't like it or don't want to hear about it, just do it. Craig tells you what to do.
0: You can skip to this time code right here.
1: Time code, 29 minutes, 40 seconds.
0: So, you and I were kind of in like a, like a little bit of a predicament where the last two movies, you know, of, of this month, they didn't really resonate with you and they super didn't resonate with me. And right. so we were kind of at this like uh, linchpin for the rest of the month of like, if this movie doesn't go well... Then, like, did we just commit ourselves to a month of torture? And so there was kind of this, like, big weight on Rebel Without a Cause. And also because this movie is, like, just as famous as Citizen Kane, but for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that there's a lot of social pressure on this movie, and we put a lot of pressure on this movie. And I just want to say, it performed better than I thought it was going to.
1: yeah. It came out in 55, and it still gives vibes of 55, but I was okay with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, This movie also goes into this fun little list of why did I have to pay for this? I shouldn't have had to. (laughs) Gang, what's going on? Warner Brothers, this is your movie. You have a place for this. I understand it's going through some tumultuous reconstruction, but I feel like Rebel Without a Cause is one of those movies that can... Comfortably sit in the living room of that platform and not have to worry about going anywhere.
1: The weird thing is, I had to pay for it, but it was on a discount. And yeah. Like, uh-huh. Well, if I'm only paying a dollar fifty for this, make it free. You know, <laughs> like, I can't imagine you making a bunch of money off this movie.
0: Yeah. So, um, that's absolutely crazy. If you are unfamiliar with the plot of Rebel Without a Cause, we got James Dean. He plays a character named Jim Stark. He's like a junior or senior in high school, late high school, and um. He's He kind of defined the teenage, dare I say, rebel um, stereotype that a lot of people... He was
1: punk rock before punk rock. He's very angsty.
0: Yes, he is pure angst. He is what angst looked like in the 1950s. And um, this movie is about him being rebellious and the consequences that follow that lifestyle. Um, And... I wanna give this movie props because I think that this movie delivers angst in a way that doesn't make Jim dislikable. Because angst as like a character-defining trait is a coin flip. Either you're gonna be like, ooh, that character's cool and angsty, or you're gonna think this guy needs to shut up and get it together. And uh Jim Stark was the former of those two for me.
1: Yeah. For me, angst goes a couple ways. It's like this person's being difficult to be difficult. Um, there's also an angst of this person is just struggling. They're dealing with a lot of things and they don't quite know how to handle it. Um, and then there's angst that's just cringy to watch. So the first one can kind of be this just angst for the angst sake. Like I want to be difficult. So that can be kind of cringy. Sometimes it's it comes off way too much like adults writing teenagers um yeah and it, that feels uncomfortable this movie is definitely the second one it feels like there was just so much on his plate he didn't know how to deal he was frustrated he was feeling a lot of emotions and he just didn't know what to do with them um and it felt like angst made sense for the character and it didn't come off like he was being difficult just to be difficult it didn't come off like adults were writing teenagers who had never been and they they forgot what it was like to be that age it was pretty authentic as far as t- teenage movies go
0: yeah absolutely Um, I also, I just think that this movie's biggest strength is the fact that Jim is a likable character. Um, at least he was to me. Um, the movie starts and he's in a police station and you kind of see, um, you get introduced to like the primary characters in this like first, like five, 10 minute sequence in the police precinct. And just the way that Jim kind of like banters with the cops and kind of gives them lip. Like it's that kind of endearing thing where he's like, he's not making their lives harder by doing what he's doing. He's just kind of being a little silly about it. Um, And that whole time, it's just, it's kind of witty banter. He's just kind of a funny guy. And so it's a very easy and quick way to kind of be on his side.
1: Yeah. I think it was, it got to a point where it was kind of tricky for me because like I want to be on his side. But I also know I'm like, hey, man, you're not making it easy on yourself.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: You know, like I'm on your team. But like if I was an adult, like as an adult looking at this and I think when I say adult, usually it's am talking about people in their 40s and 50s looking at this or a cop was looking at this. You're still breaking laws. You know, like they're not in when we see you in the police station. What you're doing is illegal. So they're not in the wrong for taking you in. I just kind of wish I'm like, hey, man we're on your team just make it a little bit easier to be successful you know so i think that's why it's kind of easy to relate with his parents because you're like they just if they come off as ill-equipped to deal with him
0: yes but so much so that like his parents are so ashamed of his behavior that whenever he gets in trouble either at school or with the law they just leave They're like this. And when I say they leave, I mean, the whole family picks up their life and moves to another city. Like, this is not the first time that this has happened. And in the course of this movie, they try to do it again.
1: Right. So and it comes off of James, you're going to be in a new school. You're going to be popular. Just make friends. We're we're, like, we want the best for you. But if you fail, we're going to move because we don't know what else to do. We don't have a discipline system going on. We don't have a reward system going on. We don't know what rules we should have, shouldn't have. So we're going to let you go out at night. We're going to give you a car. They just feel like they're winging it and they don't know what they're doing. They just have horrible instincts. But like, we are kind of like from the perspective of we're his parents watching him make bad decisions, hoping he just makes the right choices and, you know, it pans out for him. And you're just watching like mistake after mistake after mistake. Um, But everyone, a lot of people in this movie are extremely, I wouldn't say maybe not relatable, but you can empathize with them. Like even the bully in this, like the quote unquote bad guy. There's a scene where he goes, hey, man, I kind of like you. Like, we're cool. Um, The only reason we're doing this is because, I mean, we already told people we're going to do it. And I mean, we're already here. Right. So let's knock it out real quick. But like we can be cool after this. I'm like, everyone is cool. Except for, of course, his goons. <laughs> his goons are just douchebags to be douchebags. Um, but I kind of liked each character. They are very much high schoolers. And this is not to be like I don't kids know, these days, kids these days, condescending. I remember when I was a teenager, but like they have like two or three things that are really important to them. And if you give them these things, they're just happy. Like they wanted freedom, they wanted a good friend group, and they had like a romantic interest. And like, Everyone in this in this uh, story has one of those arcs. They want to be included. They have romantic interests, and that that was everybody. So yeah, it, and, and it, was, it was very relatable.
0: I I do say that this movie does have like one of those bully plot lines that I just find more funny than anything else, just because. I find it so outlandish. I don't know if stuff like this actually happens. I was never, you know, mu- I was never enough of a threat to anybody to where during a field trip, somebody's going to pull a knife on me. You know, that was never really the the atmosphere that I gave off. So when that happens, I'm like, whoa, guys, guys, I don't know what you guys are fighting about, but you need to calm down. Like, and, and that's kind of the thing that I think, This movie is um, not subtle with its social commentary. A lot of this movie is kind of uh, parodying what you just said, where it's like, hey, teenagers have a lot of complex emotions, but if you just help them out, they're usually okay. Um... But then every now and then you get thrown a scene like, you know, what the bullies do where it's like, all right, we're going to do a knife fight. But now that you beat me in the knife fight, we're going to drive off a cliff together and we're going to see how that goes. And it's one of those things that's just so outlandish to me because it's one of those things that I only feel like happens in movies.
1: I think this is a 50s version of stuff that happens in real life. So I feel like because like I said, it's freedom. Want to be included and romantic interests. And I think they were just, they're driven by those three things. And they were so bored that they're like, hey, um, I have to prove myself to you. So it's like kids in real life schedule fights. It's freaking weird, bro. I was never part of those, <laughs> but they're like, let's schedule a fight. Or kids in real life have been like, oh yeah, you like her. I like her. Let's both text her. And see who she falls in love with first. Like, it's just dumb games left and right. It's everywhere. So the fact that these, they're just playing dumb games with what they could get away with at the time. And they had cars. They had zero supervision. Like, their parents just straight up didn't know where they were. They didn't have cell phones. They couldn't get a hold of them. And that was just cool back then. So, like, this wasn't that crazy to me just to be like, "Um, yeah, they just had more freedom so they could get away with more. Because I know people who snuck out. I know people who had access to drugs. And alcohol in high school. So the fact that they also had access to drugs in high school and then just knives. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's legit. That's fine. What was weird to me, and I'm skipping ahead a little bit, is, I mean, it's real. I've seen it happen, but not to this extent of how fast people can move on romantically from being I'm really interested (laughs) in this person to this person's going to die. And three hours later, I'm interested in another dude. Now, yeah, that's realistic in the fact that people can move on fast. I don't know if that applies to people dying in a tragic accident that you witness. Yeah, I feel like there'd be a little bit more trauma associated with that.
0: Yeah. And so the love interest Judy is just kind of like, you know, she is the center of this love triangle. And so, you know, when one of the, you know, one of the potential suitors drives off a cliff, she's just
1: kind of like. Jim, hey, <laughs> to right. so be like that same night. I remind him that was one of my biggest pet peeves with this movie. Is the whole time I'm reminding myself this is the same night. So I think yeah. we we talked about it earlier. So there's a knife fight, right? Um, James Dean, aka Jim Boy, Jimbo, Jim. Um, he wins off of technicality. Like the other guy loses his knife. He's like, well, I could kill you right now. And and then Buzz the bully goes all right all right let's play chicken and chicken is when we steal two cars because we don't want to crash our own cars and we're going to drive full speed towards a cliff and the last one to bail out of the car like jump out the door the last one is the winner he has more bravery spoiler alert poor buzz gets his sleeve caught in the door and can't bail so he dies and jim's like i killed this guy not really dude You didn't kill him. He wouldn't have been in this situation if it weren't for you, but at the same time, you didn't kill him. And then Judy moves on that night. And then people get shot at by the police that night. And then people get a hold of guns that night. People fall in love that night. We break into a mansion that night. We go to the observatory and have a hostage situation with the police that night. And then one of our friends dies that night. I'm like... This is the problem I had with the movie. The pacing's all over the place. (laughs) This is ridiculous. Hey, do you know what everybody needed?
0: Just a good night's sleep. And most of these problems would have been solved.
1: The movie ends with a sun rising. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. We've been out all night. And, like, people are dying. Um,
0: Now, I want to talk about the chicken run a little bit in the sense that, like, this is where you see a lot of... Jim's parents fail to be parents because in between the knife fight and the chicken run, Jim comes home and he talks to his dad and he goes, dad, what do you do when somebody like challenges you to do something really difficult, but like you have to do it. Cause it's a matter of honor. And he's like, he's he's talking about it very vaguely but you would have to be a you would have to be a dumb person that hasn't seen the sun in seven years to not understand that jim is about to do something stupid and dangerous
1: yeah be like hey crimes are gonna be involved the movie starts out with him in the police station
0: and his dad hears this and his response naturally is like you know son that's a pretty difficult situation to be in. But if you're talking about your honor, you must do whatever it takes to get through and defend your honor.
1: And then he's like, "Dad, I need a direct answer. I need a direct answer." And he goes, "Let's write out a list of pros and cons." <laughs> <laughs> like
0: That's actually this is that scene from This is that scene from Hamilton when like Philip was like, "Dad, what do I do?" And Hamilton's like, "Use my gun." <laughs>
1: yeah. He's literally just like Give me a yes or no. Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Um, But I mean, another, there's so many, like, there's, you get put in Jim's shoes and he basically explains to anyone that'll listen, I got a lot of stuff going on. My mom moves us around all the time. My dad is subservient to my mom. He can't make a decision. He's not the man of the house. This movie makes a very big deal that his mom, his dad is emasculated. It's a very big deal (laughs) back in this time. Um, And then he goes, I'm also in a new school dealing with my honor i have a friend who doesn't have any other friends and we're kind of looking out for each other there's this girl i'm interested to in but her significant other wants to hurt me so he's just dealing with stuff you know yeah
0: and then after the chicken run he comes back and he's talking to his parents and he's like guys i messed up real bad like like I was involved in something and someone died because of it, and ev- and th- his parents are like, "Well, did anyone see you? Does anyone know that it's you? Do we have enough time to leave? Do you think they'd notice if you were gone?" Yeah. Like they uh, immediately start this like escape plan, and Jim to his like this was the moment that I really like respected Jim as a character because his parents were trying to give him a get out of jail free card. And he was like, no, that's not what I want. Like, like someone died. And like, I am like kind of responsible for that. I need to like figure out how to make it right. And his parents were just like, well then I don't know how to help you. I guess
1: the thing is, is that's very realistic. I think when you're in it and you are carrying the guilt, you're like, I'll turn myself in right now. I've seen that happen in a million movies. i like, I'll turn myself in. The problem is, is you have parents who feel like they're responsible, who just want to protect you from stuff. Because they're going to be the ones to convince you it wasn't your fault. They're going to be the ones who tell you, we can make, I'm giving you ways out. You don't have to take the fall for this. It's not that big of a deal. You feel bad. We're not dealing with a psychopath who's like, yeah, I killed the neighbor's cat and I liked it. This is like, you feel bad. That's good enough. We don't need to teach you right and wrong. You've learned a lesson let us protect you from this. So I related with both of them. But like that like virtuous, you know, it's all black and white, no gray gray area of a teenager um makes sense. He just felt really bad and he wanted to do the right thing. Um and yeah. then the movie goes on for like another 40 minutes and it gets even <laughs> crazier.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm like, "Okay, he's going to go turn himself in or he's not." But what I didn't see coming is him being like Mr. Steelio girl and then, you know, sneaking off to a mansion and then hanging out with, you know, the adopted loner. And then there's drama in that. And by the way, the adopted loner looks just like Ralph Macchio, the karate kid. But he's not. <laughs> he's not. It was just what it. as far as like acts. So let's say the first act is uh, introduction to the knife scene. Second act is post knife scene. Um to the beginning of the mansion and then third act being everything that's mansion on. What do you, how do you think pacing went? How do you think script went like story? So are preferences uh, to certain acts?
0: Yeah. So like the end of the second act, uh, Hey gang, guess what? I didn't like the end of the second act into the third act. I thought that, you know, Hey, yeah. when we're transitioning from the slow part into the exciting part, I wasn't as interested. Sue me. Um, But by the time we got to the observatory and we start doing all the stuff with Plato and Jim has to go in and be the freaking hostage negotiator, like I'm going to say that's that's when the movie gets like really good. Um, Yeah. To like keep this from going into like a just like a plot recap podcast, um, the loner that Jim befriends kind of hits a breaking point where he's like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, he's just like everyone's out to get me. No I don't have any real friends and he goes to the observatory where like the knife fight happened and and he has a gun and um Well they go to the mansion
1: and he falls asleep while they're all playing house where uh Jim and Judy are like his parents because he's I think both of he's an orphan, I think, and they go up to just explore the mansion some more and they leave him alone. And then the bullies show up. And then he just loses his mind on everybody because he's like, not only should I not be getting terrorized right now, my friends, my best friends who I've known for like six hours now, abandoned me. So then he just like a, a switch flips and this guy's like, well, I got a gun, might as well use it.
0: And so he's holed up in this observatory now and the police show up and... You know, like hostage standoff ensues, and so Jim and Judy are in there trying to talk Plato down, being like, and Jim does this whole sequence of like, "Why don't you give me the gun? I'm your friend. You can trust me." And then he gives Plato his jacket, like, "You can wear my jacket. It's okay. I trust you." And then. Uh, Jim starts negotiating with the police like turn the lights off he's scared of you guys like he's not going to hurt anyone as long as you don't give him a reason to hurt you guys and then as soon as soon as Plato like walks out the door they turn all the lights back on even brighter than they were before. All of them draw their guns. Plato obviously gets a little frightened by this, draws his gun, and then gets shot down by the police. And it's just this very intense, like, 15, 20 minutes of Jim being, like, very slow and tender and purposeful while also trying to, like, balance the police who are... Working with a hair trigger over here.
1: They haven't shot somebody in weeks.
0: (laughs) They want to shoot this kid so (laughs) bad. (laughs) And Jim like convinces Plato like like Jim removes the bullets from the gun. So the gun is like effectively rendered useless. And the police like they don't see it. And even if they did see it, they wouldn't have cared. They were going to shoot that kid regardless. Um. And so i that was the part of the movie that I really, really liked. And I liked the build-up to it where, you know, this movie starts with Jim being drunk on the street and thrown into a jail or thrown into a police precinct. And then at the end of the movie, we see this, like, much more tender and caring side of this character. And none of it felt unnatural. Like, even though this movie... Took place over the course of a day, it was really cool to see this character's like, um, maturity shine through really quickly.
1: I definitely thought he was gonna die in this movie. I could have bet money that James Dean was going to die. Jim Stark, I think the actual character's name is, like, there's so many near death. Dude, he's in a knife fight. Then he gets into a car and has to drive towards a cliff. And then he gets into an action with the police, mm-hmm. who, by the way, are v- intimately familiar with him. So, I could have sworn he was going to die. And the fact that he didn't, I kind of liked. I will say, as far as pacing goes for this movie, the first act was the worst part. Yeah. Everything up to the knife fight, I couldn't care less, bro. I think the most interesting part was the fact that they fit, like, 11 kids in a five-seat convertible in, like, the (laughs) middle of the movie. I'm like, or the beginning of the movie. I'm like, that's freaking weird. But, like, Nothing else I was interested in. Judy was cool, but she was giving him the cold shoulder. It was like super flirty, but nothing really. It's like as soon as the knife fight happened forward, the movie got interesting. Um, But I would say like the first 30 minutes of this movie, it's a two hour movie. The first 30 minutes, it's slow, man. I think it could have used a little bit of work.
0: Yeah, I think this movie might be one of those movies with like the most like people walked away retaining the the least important part of this movie. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, everyone saw this movie and they were like, all the all the teenagers of the decade were like, oh, knife fights, car chases, gunshots, gunfights, hostage situations. And and I can imagine like the writer of the screenplay is just banging his head against a wall. Like that wasn't the point. <laughs> Jim is a nice person you're supposed to be sympathetic to other
1: people <laughs> yeah i mean okay people love this movie they they love it it got nominated for two oscars Three. um nominated for
0: actor actress, or supporting actor, supporting actress and best motion picture story
1: oh i'm looking at james dean so james dean hasn't been nominated for two actor uh two oscars so this one it's i think we could say Um, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, the average score in IMDb is 7.6. Meta score is 89. That's, those are good numbers. I will say it is good for a classic movie. It is easy to follow. It is entertaining. I'm sure uh, some of those numbers are inflated because it's a classic, but there are some scenes like even the classic one, like you're tearing me apart. I'm like, this feels a little much. (laughs) <laughs> like this guy I wouldn't say he's overacting I'm just saying like the writing could have been a little bit better um and I, like I said the pacing in the first part was all right um it's not a it's a, it's a good movie I yeah, don't absolutely. Know if I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna watch it again
0: sure yeah um I wouldn't be against watching this movie again I would need to have a reason to but like I found myself like I said, surprisingly entertained by this movie. I think that the character work in this movie is like fantastic. And I think that if you're going to watch this movie, that's what you should go in looking to observe is the character work that is done specifically with Jim, with James Dean's character.
1: Right. I think this movie is nominated for the acting, for the writing, for the plot lines. All the technical stuff is it didn't get nominated for and for a good reason. I would say the cinematography is mediocre at best i think the editing is mediocre at best i would just say like you're watching this for characters for story for writing everything else is okay so i'm gonna give it a 5.75 because it is a good movie there are some flaws and i'm just not really interested in watching it again My, my line between five and six is five is it's a good movie um, but I'm not going to watch again. Um, and six is, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. I probably won't watch it again in a while. Um, but I don't regret watching this movies. Five is not, is I don't regret it. Six is I don't regret it. And this is a good movie. So I'm going to put it right in the middle at like 5.75.
0: Yeah. I set this movie at like a six and a half. Yeah. They're like a, a lot of the, a lot of this movie, like th- there was a good chunk of this movie that I found boring. But again, you're going to find that with most movies. So I'm not holding it too much in trouble for that so i'm six and a half is uh much better than i was expecting so i'm happy walking away from this with that
1: yeah i mean you've had a five and a half for king kong four and a half for citizen kane six and a half for this right i mean this is the best movie so far for you i like citizen kane a little bit better than this um but i mean it's it's not a bad movie i think this is a very this is by the way way more movie than film
0: yes Whoa, this is man, way that so much
1: easier to watch compared to the other stuff. I, w- like, this, I would feel comfortable recommending this to people versus yeah. the other stuff we've been watching.
0: And also just the kind of movie this is like, as long as you can get through that first 30 minutes, most people can watch this movie
1: for sure. Like for this sure. is a
0: pretty unanimous audience. I feel like, um, but that being said, we're, we're done with this. We're going to, we're going to pack it away and we're going to move on. Um, We're going to welcome back our non-movie listeners, and we're going to continue on with our casual episode. Um, Alex, I did have one thing that I wanted to talk to you about that I'm (laughs) – I don't know if this is going to spring into anything fun, but it's a fun concept, and I wanted to share it with you. A few of these Mm -hmm. stores have popped up in my area where the gimmick is – it's a resale store, right? So they buy a bunch of um, returned items, unsold items – like uh clearance items on on amazon and other big retailers okay and then they dump them all into bins set a flat rate for everything and say what you find is what you get and so like i have some friends that have found like whole pc parts um like detailed anime figures like all these like you know, hundred and fifty plus dollar stuff and they pay like ten bucks a piece for them. Whoa. Um but <laughs> the the flip side of that is um the way they price it is, you know, when they dump the new items in, it's ten bucks. And then it goes down either a dollar or two every day until they refill the bins and it resets. Um <laughs> Which means the stuff that you find on the $2 day is way different from the stuff (laughs) you find on the $10 day. On the $10 day, it's like kind of a mad dash. Everyone's looking for the best stuff. The $2 day, not so much. It's just a bunch of like cheap iPhone 12 cases. And I found a plastic frame that I don't think went to anything specific. It just kind of existed. Um, the thing that I got that I shared with everyone was um, I found an Edward Cullen throw pillowcase.
1: Whoa, okay. <laughs> I remember you sending that, and I'm like, where do you find artifacts like this?
0: And that's exactly where. Um, like, my friend has found sex toys in there. Like, it is genuinely in a moosh boosh of. Anything you could dream of could potentially be in these stores. And I find that just absolutely de- delightful.
1: See, I like that style. I like the business model. I've seen it with furniture stores of like, this is the price this week It is going to change next week. It, so they usually do it by week by week and they drop it like 100 or they drop it like percent. It's like 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent. I like that for big ticket items. Ten dollars is also cool. I like that. But it is one of those things that like it works because they're getting people to come back every week. Yeah, like it makes but, sense. And um, the
0: thing is, you go in and the vibes in the store.
1: Yeah what's mm, what's the aesthetic? What's 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 the setup? Okay, here? Is so is when it just when like crates on tile.
0: Effectively, yeah. Like you remember, like our old rundown mall back home. Yeah. Like, imagine if they turned like. The Joanne into just... It was just this derelict retail space. And there were these um, self-made, like, 10 by 5, um, almost like sandboxes. You know? Like, those, like, sandbox tables that people would make. It's just, like, 20 of those sprawled out across this retail space. And, like, they're not painted or anything. It's just pure wood, baby. And... Um, the entire time you're shopping you're like, I feel like this is wrong somehow, like if I walk out with this Edward Cullen pillowcase I'm gonna get seized by the police for purchase of illegal goods like, nothing about it feels safe or correct yeah. however <laughs> however it is absolutely worth your time to like, see if you can find a store like this and kind of rummage around
1: so, I mean, it makes sense that the vibes are going to be weird because they're trying to make as much money as possible. They don't have time for decorations. They don't have time for vibes and aesthetics. The I,
0: whole thing feels like a hustle.
1: Yeah. I don't like shopping in those places. I feel like thrift stores were a good idea, and now I feel like everybody goes to them. So, I don't feel like it's a good deal. as fact, it's just like every other store now. Like... I don't think you're going to find the, you know, $100 jacket that's on sale for 10 bucks because it's used. That stuff gets picked off immediately. Like, everyone's going to these.
0: Which is why I love going after all that has happened. Because that's when you find, like you said, the artifacts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're that guy, you know? <laughs> you're that guy. I'm not going to pick up an Edward Cullen throw, pillar. throw pillow. It's just, like, not me. So... I mean, more power to you. That's interesting. Yeah. it's a it makes for a good story. And in the circles you uh, thrive in, I bet you you got some you got some uh, street cred from that. Uh, yeah, that was like absolutely. Plus one hundred reputation.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And Alex, I can't believe that you don't want to run in those circles. Um, I, it seems.
1: Don't get me wrong. I would dominate those circles. <laughs> I, I just don't feel like being the king of a group i i uh look down identify. upon yeah it, <laughs> it wouldn't be good you know I've done it before i've been i've been you know in on the, the king board. of the poppers I'm trying to find a way better ways to say this than what you're saying I've been on the board of the uh of the overlooked okay I made it pretty high and I was elected i wasn't nominated I like I didn't take over. It wasn't dictatorship. I was, I was a man of the people. Now, I realize that uh, that doesn't do anything for you. It makes you <laughs> feel good. It gives you warm and fuzzies. Um, but I don't think I would be myself the whole time. Because what's going to happen... What, here's me going through what you just did. I guess I should do this for the joke, huh? I guess... I mean, if I ha- I'm already here, I might as well do something so if I have a good story. It'd just be me thinking about how can I turn this into something. Not there's no enjoyment from within Craig and I think you genuinely saw that and go even if I don't share this with anybody this is hilarious
0: yeah because it's the longer that I have something like that without telling someone that I have it when the prestige finally does go through oh that is such a that is such a golden moment um I know i I love real life shit posts like that you know yes
1: yeah why not it's a, I mean it's a you know two dollar joke which yeah, is pretty absolutely. cheap but as far as your time is concerned,
0: yeah, you, took and time so day, also, you spent time money day. You
1: spend gas money getting there. You just can't think about that stuff. Be like, it's the joke, but the joke. So
0: I also bought like a USB C to Ethernet port, and okay. I've been using that. And like Great. that's an uh, it, it was a good thing. So I bought two things. You know, it was four dollars and twenty cents after tax. And <laughs> so I, I I give the woman I think a ten, right? And she gives me, and she takes it, and she goes. Do you have 20 cents? And I went, no, of course not, because I'm 24 years old. Why would I have 20 cents? Yeah, dude, who's (laughs)
1: carrying coins on them?
0: The fact that I had paper cash was a miracle already. Do not push this.
1: Dude, when Um, I have cash on me, it's because I went to the ATM to get it for a specific thing. I don't just have it on me.
0: And so after I didn't give her the coins, she kind of huffed, gave me the $5, and then gave me eight (laughs) times.
1: Dude, remember the coin shortage? Yeah. Is that still a thing?
0: I don't know. I know it's a thing that we use at work to not have all of our drawers have cash.
1: (laughs) Just be like, hey, man, the coin shortage. Yeah. I mean, Uh, that was like three years ago. What are we doing? (laughs) <laughs> i don't know how this whole like currency thing works like the it's secret fake. service is work. part of the treasury department it's just like hey man you had three years what are we are we not doing this did we Listen, fix it if
0: we have enough if we have enough money to bet to bail out silicon valley we have enough money to make some more quarters
1: okay hey man what's your uh, what's your position on checks
0: um life is better without them
1: i have avoided them my entire adulthood life. And what I found out is banks charge you for checks. Like if yeah. you want to order a checkbook, that's going to cost you money. It's usually like a couple bucks, but like, I'm not doing that.
0: Andrew is the youngest person I know that has had a checkbook. He got a checkbook. We moved across the country and he, from what I understand, he never touched it.
1: <laughs> well, another thing so, like, think about is like, I don't like the in between of I'm giving you this check And that money can leave my account anytime. Any minute. Yeah. I don't like that at all. So that's why people have to carry on that balance book so they can like figure out how much money they might have. (laughs) Yeah. Be like, I know what my bank says I have, but I've written three checks that might get cashed. So here's what I think I have.
0: You know, I should, I should get away from checks. I should stop using checks, but I really like the fiscal ambiguity of not knowing where I am at any given point.
1: Yeah. Also, here's my thing on checks as well. Um, it's only good for like having a receipt when they won't give you one because then you can write yeah. where it went to and all that stuff. Because if you give somebody cash, as soon as it leaves your hand, it's not your money anymore. That's why <laughs> robbing people is a thing. <laughs> Like if you drop twenty bucks, someone else picks it up. They now have twenty bucks.
0: I you worked know? a retail job where we accepted checks as a form of payment, mm-hmm. and this was at like effectively a mom and pop sh- shop. Like we, like we had one debit card machine that was in the corner of the store yeah. that yeah. had like yeah. a minimum balance and. Um, didn't and didn't take american express like it was that kind of store and (laughs) so people would write checks as payment and whenever they would write a check we had to get out this whole like address book and like write down their driver's license number and their phone number and their address and like all this information in case the check bounced and i'm like are we really going to go through all this work so they can buy like $8 at this five and dime? Like, are we, is this the society that we
1: choose to continue to support? Dude, I'm not getting a checkbook until I have to pay for kids lunch money. Like, oh that's, yeah, absolutely. That's the only hey. reason I'm doing it because giving, you know, a fourth grader 60 bucks feels wrong.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm hoping by that point I can just Venmo the school.
1: Dude, that would be sick be like Like, hey (laughs) what go up to the lunch lady what's your cash app
0: yeah (laughs) we make jokes neither of us have kids in elementary school this could be how they do it i would not be surprised if there was some for if there was just like a secretary can you imagine our high school secretary like managing the high school venmo account
1: (laughs) yeah dude that would be i mean it makes sense that you would just be able to do it all online and it just has, like, auto-pay auto, auto pay at the beginning of every month. Dude, remember when... I mean, I mean, I would say we're dating ourselves. This is freaking six years ago. Remember when Power School came out and you could check oh, your yeah. grades? Yeah, so... I'm like, oh, you mean the system is now rigged against me? And now my parents can look yeah. up my record so, anytime they want?
0: So, um, I was one of those people where, like, I was a really good student... Up until a certain point and that certain point just so happened to be right before power school came out and other versions (laughs) of power school existed like um, blackboard was another one that a lot of people used just like any form of like digital school base that allowed you to check your grades. Yeah
1: checking your grades live essentially. So you could, um, like, power
0: school s- also. You know what? Now that we talk about it, there was a point where power school let us put money on our bank account or on our food accounts that way. So
1: oh, uh, that- my parents were just you know <laughs> old then, I guess. So we
0: already. You know what? That was a thing that already happened. That bit.
1: Well, here's the thing. Too late. We missed my it. My parent. My dad was born in the '50s. He's not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> my dad is not doing that.
0: Um, I don't but, know, but my dad like used to said- comment
1: how new our buses were, okay? <laughs> my dad's not doing that.
0: Whoa, is this new brown faux
1: leather? It was weird, bro. I'm like, okay. Like, so, I'm not surprised. It could have totally been a thing. And I was just, you know, it was not my business. I was a big, mind your own business kid. I'm like, I'm going to let the adults do adult things. I'm not worrying about, you know money for lunch that's their job they're gonna pay however they payment i just want to get fed at school however yeah. they want to do it we will do
0: but like uh, but going back like i Slipped off the good student train right as power school came out. So I got this like new anxiety of juggling like just good enough at school to not have my parents yell at me. But also having this direct slow drip of information into my parents veins. It's like, how is your student doing? And you kind of get into this like fun psychological battle of where like, you know, the teacher that doesn't put grades in um, yep. un- until it's like big batches. So you're like, all right, I know I messed up that test real bad, but I know she's not going to put it in until we get to the next test and she's just going to do both at once. So
1: I, gotta, yeah, I like, got to like two weeks to make this, to fix this dude. Yeah. Also, I, here's the thing. I kept my parents off of power school because your first week there, they give you your login information. I just never gave it to them. My parents <laughs> never had access to power school. For like the six years we had it. I, they, I never gave it to them. I kept it. I set my own password. I'm the one who did all that stuff. And then here's the thing: the nerdy kids checked it more than their parents because they would they would show up to the teachers and be like, "Actually, I got like a 94 on that test. You marked me down as an 84, dude. I'm sure my parent my teachers made mistakes. I never caught it, not even once." I could see the way Alex talks really makes it sound like that.
0: He just like beat up kids with pocket squares all the time. I promise you that's not how it was.
1: Yeah. Dude, I, was a, I was a nice kid. Yeah. I was he just a internalized nice, I was a lot
0: a, of his judgments.
1: I was a great kid who was very smart and all my teachers tossed around the words underachiever. <laughs> and like unmotivated. And it was it was disheartening how I heard it from everyone. Every, yeah, for years. It de- all it my teachers got told me.
0: It definitely got to a, a point where it was like, well, if everyone thinks this way, who am I to say otherwise?
1: Right. I mean, it was obnoxious how often people told me like, "You're too smart to be this dumb," and um, but I was a great kid, great kid, like universally liked and i wasn't a troublemaker
0: until you like, were. in the
1: legal sense <laughs> <laughs> i never broke the rules i was just like i was a i was a button pusher
0: uh um i think that we really showed those teachers because all those people that say you need to find you need you know you need you need to get motivated you need to put your mind into it you really got to set your heart and i say listen I am a college dropout with a podcast, so who's the real winner? I say me. I think I, I won.
1: I, also, there was a lot of teachers who thought I was going to be like, they also, no one told me I was going to be a garbage man, but I could see it in their eyes. <laughs> I, I could see it. Everyone was like, yeah, this kid, I mean, we're going to chalk him up to a loss. This guy's joining the military because he has no other options. Look at me now, boys. I really, dude, I used to think about it all the time, how I'm like, eventually I'm going to go back to school. And I'm look at all my teachers and be like, much better than you thought, huh? Your boy really <laughs> turned it around. And I also just want to be like, hey, for, there was, I had teachers who were like, oh, this is just who Alex is. And there's nothing I'm going to say to him that's going to make him get straight A's again. Like those days are long past them. And then I had teachers who were like, well, if you were my kid, You wouldn't hang out with friends. You wouldn't be doing extra activities. I would sit you down and we're going to grind this out because you're doing this. You're going to college. I'm like, I want to go talk to those teachers who didn't just let me do my thing and be like, just so you know, I hate you. (laughs) I hate you. I've only wished bad things to happen to you. And you probably shouldn't be teaching because this is one of those stories where I'm successful in spite of you, not because of you.
0: (laughs) And they still see that as a victory in their books.
1: Yeah. They're going to be like... Well, you're, where I just want to like, I want to be as mean as possible, but like have a leg to stand on in case they have a really good comeback. So like, cause you can't just show up with like a pay stub, right? And be like, well, I make three times what you make. Cause then they're going to be like, well, money isn't everything. Do you love what you do? And i will be like, ha, give me another no. six years to prep a response. I've been stewing <laughs> on this since 2015. I'll be back in 2033. So like yeah, ha- I have to really iron out a good response, and by the time that gets figured out, they're probably not even going to be there anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So all I'm saying is, teachers, and I know at least one of you listens to this podcast, just be empathetic and nice to your students, and those are the then they'll remember you for good things. Make a difference in and their life. And that's
0: why people become teachers, so they can be remembered by all of their students.
1: Yeah, you just want to make a difference, bro. Don't be the reason a kid hates going to school. Because that could be the last time they go to school. And you don't want to be responsible for them hating learning. Anyway, This is
0: a weird... (laughs) I don't know. I I actually don't know what what is weird about it. Except the fact that it all got weird a little bit. Um, (laughs) That got kind of weirdly
1: altruistic at the end. Yeah. We're trying to impart meaningful wisdom.
0: Yeah, like... Huh, there's this field that we know nothing about and through the course of the conversation realize we're a little bit resentful towards. So uh, everyone sit <laughs> back while we lay down some real wisdom here, okay? Do you know who now- else is
1: a change? <laughs> nurses. Uh, yeah. Let's go at let's go at nurses for a little bit. I think
0: Yeah, you guys I've, tie the blood pressure machine a little too tight, and it makes me un It's comfy. always too
1: tight. Or leave it on for way too long. Like, it was fine in the beginning, but now my fingers are turning purple, and I'm black. That's not good. Dude, have you ever met a person who wanted to be a nurse that was a good person? I've met doctors and vets, like veterinarians, and they told me, like, I want to get into, like, biomedicine. I want to get into surgery. I'm like, yeah, but you're a good person. It makes sense. Every person who's like, I want to be a nurse. I'm like, yeah, you just want the prestige of doing that it's like a guy being like i want to be a cop i'm like it's not because you want to protect people it's because you want to be able to carry a gun on you all the time
0: the short answer is yes obviously there are plenty of nurses that i know that are nice here comes
1: craig it it was a joke but also not a joke
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i think there's definitely something like when you go through your college age You see a lot of other people that are in their college ages and you look at them and you just kind of think that's not right for you. Like, I don't like I did not know you in high school very well, but I know you well enough to know that's not right. That was incorrect.
1: I always got like impressed by how smart people were or like how like once people got out of high school, they were like, oh, by the way, I'm going to start my own business. I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. And by I didn't know you could do that I mean I didn't know you could do that
0: (laughs) Like I only remember you Because like I watched you trip down The stairs on your way to lunch And that's my biggest core memory of you And now you're starting a business
1: I'm like dude you were Mediocre in 7th grade Social studies at best Are you telling me you can run a business right now
0: (laughs) You got the. You forgot to turn your homework in one day and you were the only kid that forgot to turn in your homework and you're telling me that you now have a business degree?
1: Yeah. I'll be like, I remember you in college writing. Your poetry sucks. And now you're telling me you want to get into chemistry? That's hard, bro. Are you sure you can make it? Yeah. So, I remember being constantly impressed by people's dreams. I'm like, my dream is to become famous. Your dream is to be smart. Mine somehow seems more achievable.
0: <laughs> I think what we've learned is that it's important to not judge people by who they were in the past, but who they are now, unless they were your high school nemesis, in which case, never change your mindset. They still suck. I remember you, and I will and and I'm still better than you,
1: right. I mean, We all know who mine is. And I periodically check in with other people just to make sure they also hate them. And it turns out these people have like hater groups. And I was the leader of one I didn't know existed. (laughs)
0: guys if you aren't still checking in on your high school nemeses then have you truly grown up in life oh it's about leaving the high school past behind maybe before but now that it's easier than ever to keep up with the people that you don't like don't you owe it to yourself to, to indulge a little bit of that narcissism and be like i just need to make sure that i'm still better than them not by much. Always... I don't need to be better by much. I just need to be better by enough that I can walk away for another three years without Dude, checking. Dude, another
1: thing that like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram is doing is like it's showing me people I never talked to once in high school. And now I know that when they're married and when they're pregnant, what their kids' names is. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want the people I'm friends with or used to be friends with, I want to know what their life is, what's what they're up to. That one popular girl who like played soccer and volleyball who I never talked to once and definitely doesn't know who I am. We've been friends for like seven years because like that was back when having Facebook friends, like the number mattered. Why am I still seeing her stuff?
0: And like, also people are getting like way too comfortable with what they show on social media. like, Oh, this girl I had a crush on in junior year. I still follow her because I think she's cute. And now I found out that she got married and is cool with taking ivermectin. Like, I was not ready for this roller coaster, yet Bro. here we
1: are. What was the. I'm trying to think of controversial opinions you had in high school because now it's all like left, right, you know, Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, you know, Vax, No Vax. There's all that stuff. Back in the day, I'm really trying to find out what the controversial, like, what was the the decisions that
0: like it was people. really all about like if you cared about one direction breaking up or not and right like don't don't be wrong don't get me wrong i was in high school during the 2016 election things got heated genuinely however we were also still in high school so it was this weird culmination of like very serious stuff and blue and black versus white and gold
1: on the dress yeah dude i don't think i wasn't there for that I, my biggest thing is that divided people for for us was still rivalries. So like, you know, are we don't hang out with our school rivalries. Sports are important, all that stuff. And then it was, are you hot or not? Yeah. (laughs) Like, okay. That was the thing dividing groups.
0: Got Alex. Here's the thing. Okay. You have to remember the app hot or not. Correct.
1: I remember the name. I don't get it.
0: So there was an app called hot or not which was effectively Tinder for high schoolers, which guys, you want to talk <laughs> about a line that is so, that has walked so trepidatiously that it might even be a danger to those that might find even that unethical. Like guys, this app was wild. And so I had it when I was like a freshman in high school. And I remember just like hoping just like there's just being girls that I've never heard of girls. I've never seen. And Because I was, like, 14, I had the audacity of a 14-year-old. So, like, you set the age range to 30, and you're just, like, hoping for the best.
1: You're just like, I wonder what my teachers are on here.
0: Just, like, I want... Like, I just, like, kept going through. And, like, I didn't get any matches because I'm 14, and obviously...
1: Yeah, it um, was like, I'll date anyone who's 28 or illegal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so... I'm just going through this, like, like I said, this very like rudimentary Tinder. And I just like having that like desperation of like, I, I just want one girl to say that I'm hot on this app. I want to say something that I'm hot and not that I'm not hot. Like that was, that was like an emotional investment for me for like a month. I also don't think I told anybody I had this app. Cause I was like embarrassed, especially by the fact that I didn't have any matches. And like, that was such a wild period that, like... First of all, the fact that this app existed. Like, hey, let's make sure that high schoolers are DTF. But... And the fact that, like, it just went so wildly unchecked and unregulated. That was the wild west of online... Uh, Of just being online.
1: Yeah. It was... I mean, do you remember Yik Yak?
0: Yeah. So, Yik Yak was weird for me because it was popular when... I was in high school, and Yik Yak was a college app. It was meant for college people,
1: right? But and, you, it applied. You can make it apply to high school campuses, and it was yes. hi, it. It worked because it was regional.
0: And I think by the time I got onto Yik Yak, like it was already banned on the school <laughs> yeah, Wi-Fi. <dude. laughs> yeah, that got banned.
1: Fast. Because what happened is it's completely anonymous, and it was just like it was reddit regional so you could just post things and people would be like hey did you guys see that fat slut in the bathroom crying her eyes out today and then hundreds of people would see it and then thumbs up thumbs down or comment on it it was, it was wild crazy it was absolutely wild because
0: he is not exaggerating it it was it was a pure it was a pure
1: range it was, of like it was it it was like, uh, I mean, it's the origin story for so many bullies.
0: Yeah, because the things that you would find would be like wild. You would never know. It would be like, Mr. Thompson sucks. He assigns the worst homework. And then you would see the other stuff that like that's just like Becca Thompson sucks and she should kill herself. And like, yeah, wow. I'd be like, hey, but just
1: so you know, this teacher is not wearing a bra and be like, hey, man, dude, it got shut down so fast. I'm sure like, it's so bad that like kids complain and that does not happen often because I think for the most part, kids don't snitch because the kids who would snitch didn't even know there was a yik yak. Yeah. They they were not, they were the ones getting bullied because they weren't on the app. They didn't know. And everything was completely anonymous. It was so toxic that multiple people got adults involved and then it kept popping back up. Like, they just made new groups. It was the worst. <laughs> it was so bad.
0: Like, golly. It, it, it was horrendous. Genuinely. And then, so like, Yeek Yak as an app shut down. Because I think everyone kind of came to the same conclusion of, this isn't great as a society. And then like two years ago, it popped back up and they're like, hey, let's make Geekyak a thing again. And everyone was like, no, thanks. We're 30 now. And also you did some pretty bad stuff.
1: Yeah, dude, it was freaking rough. There's a lot of things I'm like, I don't it didn't last long enough, but the flash in the pan was so bright that most people remember it.
0: And yeah, um, one of these days we're going to make a casual episode where we don't talk about high school. Um, it's just that high school is the only thing that we both relate
1: to. (laughs) Yeah. When you get married and have kids or I work in a movie theater or you join the military or any of those things happen, or I start thrift shopping at places and try to get involved in your friend group, we'll have a lot more to talk about.
0: Hey, if you start shopping at those places, just bring gloves. That's 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 my recommendation. Okay. Bring gloves. Okay. Some people brought like ten <laughs> gallon plastic bags and would like drag it around the store because they planned on, I guess, loading up on so much stuff they couldn't carry it. Well, I guess
1: I didn't think about that. There's no carts or anything, huh? It's they, I think
0: just- there were like some hand, some of those like plastic hand baskets, but gotcha. nothing gotcha. big so yeah like when i say like genuinely these were the biggest plastic bags i've ever seen in my entire life and i'm like what could you possibly find in these bins where you need that um any other major topics that you wanted to hit on
1: Oh, we could just kick it to freeballing if you want
0: yeah let's kick it to freeballing um i have almost nothing um so i want to i'll make this quick since i've been playing you know more fire emblem games i've gone back and i've and I want to play the older Fire Emblem games. I've been playing Fire, Emblem, Fire Emblem's Awakening, which is one of the DS games, the, the 3DS Fire Emblem games. This mm-hmm. one is hard. <laughs> Alex, this game is so hard. <laughs> nice. um, I played this in high school. So I thought, I've played this game before. I'll just breeze through it. I decided to play it on hard instead of normal and classic instead of casual, which meant when my characters died, uh, they didn't come back. They were dead. So what I did not anticipate was that the hard mode is hard. It's really hard. So every chapter is me, like, fine-tuning my strategy of, like, I got to pair this person with this person, this person with this person, make sure that this person stays out of the battle and they only do finishing attacks. Like, this person can't initiate attacks, but they can do follow-up attacks, and, like, Every battle takes me, like, 30 or 45 minutes just because I'm, like, in the trenches, like, trying to make sure that all my guys survive. And then, like, one person dies. I restart the battle. I reload a save. And I'm like, we're going through with no blood, boys. This is us. We are going through, and everyone is making making it out of this. Dude.
1: One of these days, I'm gonna hop into these games, and we're gonna be able to talk about it. And what's end? Up, what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna to have to rehash literally years of points you've made on this podcast because I'm finally joining, um, <laughs> and that's gonna be quite the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, Alex, if you ever beat a Fire Emblem game, I will pay for your kids' f- college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Um, what do you got? I got two things. I finally watched the menu. Yeah, it's. A good movie. Yes, it is. I did see the theme coming.
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: It's so dark that usually it can only head one way. And when the first thing happens, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. I just liked the vibes. I liked the aesthetics. I like how everyone was there for a different reason. I mean, Ralph Fiennes does an amazing Chef Slowik. Yes. Anna Taylor-Joy does an amazing Margot. Nicholas Holt does an amazing Tyler. Everyone, the casting was darn near perfect. And, I mean, it was just a cool movie.
0: Yeah, what I really liked about that movie is it takes itself very seriously, but it's still funny. Because you have this incredibly intense chef and this incredibly intense island where... The stakes are pretty high, but Anya Taylor joy is like, I could not care less about any of this. And like, there's a levity to it that I think that kind of ties the whole movie together that I really enjoyed.
1: You need a real person when it's so eccentric as this, it's nice to just yeah. have a baseline to how this is how normal people react in this situation. It's just a cool movie. Um, the plot. It's all right. The characters. All right. The acting is good. The dialogue is okay. I think it's just a fun watch, dude. It's cool. It comes off like a film. It is definitely a movie. It's just entertaining to watch.
0: And I think that's why I liked it.
1: Yeah. I think you could overanalyze this thing to pieces. It has the potential to be done that way. I've just avoided it. I'm just like, I enjoyed what I watched. I don't need to look for themes. I don't need to look for hidden messages and subtle nods to things. It was just a good watch. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I just enjoyed my time with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I gave it to.
1: Um, I also watched a brand new stand-up special, Burt really Kreischer's... I really
0: hoping you were going to say Puss
1: in Boots. No. Um, brand new st- stand-up special, Burt Kreischer's uh, Razzle Dazzle on Netflix. If you like his stand-up, you'll like this special. If you don't like his stand-up, this is just like every other special. And you know me, I either like your podcast or like your specials. This guy puts out great podcasts. <laughs> So the special, I laughed two times, maybe three times. And it's an hour long special. He's a storyteller. So you should go in. It's not going to be just joke, punchline, joke, punchline. It's just like stories with funny. It's just funny stories. Um, I will say I listen to his podcasts every week. He has more than one. I listen to all of them. I've heard more than half the stories before. So I didn't hear the stage version, um, but some of that stuff was lost on me because I'm such a big fan. I think this, spe- I didn't enjoy the special, but that's because I'm not into his stuff. So I'm not a good judge. I wanted to literally support him because I like him. I like his podcast. Supporting him on Netflix lets him do podcasts more. It just helps him be successful. So I watched it. I did my time. Now I can talk about it. Um, It didn't change my life. Yeah. And I wouldn't recommend it to anyone unless you've watched other stuff he's done and you liked it. This is not one like, hey, you've never been introduced to this guy before. I'm not sending you to this one. I don't assume anybody likes him unless they've seen him before.
0: Are you interested in that movie adaptation that they're doing for the machine?
1: Uh, I'm going to see it. But again, it's because I like supporting him. So I also I've watched so many bad movies, even if this movie's like, oh, that wasn't I'm going to watch Cocaine Bear. If I can watch Cocaine Bear, I can watch this, you know? Um, I've also heard the machine story a thousand times. It's like his you know, Hot Pockets like Jim Gaffigan. It's just his story he can tell over and over again because people love it. Um, So I'll watch it. Why not? I Also, it's got like Mark Hamill in it.
0: And I've never heard the story of the machine, so I'm just going to wait until the movie comes out and I'm just going to watch that.
1: (laughs) Sure. Like his machine bit is 13 minutes long. Um, And he got that turned into this movie and he got legit actors. It's like the production company is legendary who does like super big movies. So it's as legit as it gets. Um, I'm going to see it. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah. Um. Next week, we are watching for the 1960s decade, The Manchurian Candidate. This is the movie where like that really coined the sleeper agent stereotype or the sleeper agent trope that we see a lot. And I'm excited to kind of see the origins of it. It's kind of this like spy thriller kind of movie. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. I think it'd be dope. I've seen, or I think I've seen, there's a Denzel Washington remake, um, but I've never even heard that that was a remake. I didn't know that was a remake. So I'm very interested to see this.
0: Yep. Uh, but until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle.
1: And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good.
0: Have fun, be safe, and make good choices.
1: And while you're at it. Tell your mom I said hi.
0: See you next week.
1: Deuces.